Western Baseball Podcast. We're still in preview mode ahead of the 2018 season. I'm Amit Malik, joined by the usual suspects, your crew in cahoots. I don't know what to call you guys. You guys are great friends. Sam Brief, Henry DeMore, very happy to have you guys here on the Baseball Podcast. I'm sure listeners from last year are very, very familiar with both of you guys. How are you guys doing? Great. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the midst of a uh, midterm season. Really hitting me in the face right now, but there's nothing like talking baseball as a study break, so very happy to be here. Yeah, it's like an oasis, isn't it? Just it knowing really that baseball is around the corner right now, it's about really 10, 15 degrees outside. We've all got <laughs> midterms coming up, but baseball right around the corner, so I'm excited. We're recording this on Thursday, February 1st, uh, first game of the season, February 16th. I'm sure by the time this goes out, it'll probably be Monday or Tuesday next week, but uh, we'll be even closer then. Uh, we've been doing a preview series. Henry was on the very first one with Darren and I. We talked about the outfield. I just recorded one yesterday. We'll be dropping soon about the infield. This one is about the starting pitching, a very interesting group uh, to talk about. They've got some returning talent. Uh, why don't we just get right into it, guys? We basically have to suss out who the rotation is going to be. You have your Friday, Saturday, Sunday starter, and then a midweek starter, Uh you know, you talk about what they lost last year. I guess maybe we can start there. They lost Cooper Weatherby, obviously a great story. We'll talk about him. And then kind of Josh Davis, uh, a transfer who pretty much was a midweek starter by the end of the season. Yeah, well, Cooper Weatherby to me, I mean, that that's on paper obviously the biggest loss for this team. Not only to be the senior leader of the staff and your Friday starter, especially down the stretch, but also an important lefty and against a lot of Big Ten uh, lineups that – really righty heavy that that came into play down the stretch and whether we really ended the season on the best note ended his career on the best note possible with three straight wins Mitt, you and i were at that maryland game in the big 10 tournament it, w- it was the game that was the morning of the big 10 championship game that the cats had to win to get in and Weatherby was unbelievable i mean he just absolutely dominated that game um he just really really went out in style 6.2 innings he gave up just uh, three hits in the game, two earned runs, nine strikeouts, and two walks. He really went out in style and kind of reminded us what we'll be missing this year when he's gone. Yeah, and to uh, to your point, I mean, just kind of touching on even the value of <clears throat> lefties, we saw Sam Lawrence, you know, a guy out of the bullpen. We're not going to talk about a ton, but his value was in large part sometimes predicated on just the fact that he was a different look that these Big Ten hitters were going to see. But Cooper, I mean, he became the model of consistency. He kind of, like, uh, wiggled his way into that starting spot. He had 20 appearances, 10 starts. Wiggled his way into a more consistent starting spot, and he became a consistent part of a starting rotation that for the Wildcats really was not consistent. I mean, that was kind of one, that was one of the biggest gripes we had all year with the starting rotation. Yeah, it was always hard last year to think about, you know, these Big Ten series, how you're going to grind through them just because – they didn't really have that many solid spots. You know, you look at who's returning. Hank Christie was the only guy that was uh, really a rock the entire year through. Coop Weatherby was great by the end of the year. And then that third spot was uh, kind of up for grabs. You had Josh Levy. You had Matt Gannon. You had Josh Davis. Uh, I think this year, though, we, we've got at least a pretty clear picture of who those three weekend spots would be. You know that Hank Christie is uh, honestly going to be expected to be the guy uh, this season, maybe your Friday guy. Uh, you know Matt Gannon and Josh Lee returning, and then you also have, uh, we're hearing kind of rumblings of the first year Quinn Lavelle being uh, a very strong candidate to start uh, in this rotation. Anyone else you guys think uh, could be part of that, maybe the midweek starting crew as well? 
Tommy Bordignan is always going to somewhat be in the picture. He's someone that Coach Allen really has always talked highly about, someone I've heard him saying he has potentially even major league stuff when he's on point. With Tommy, some of the issues he's had are with control and just kind of reeling that in. But he has a really good arm, really good throws, raw talent. Throws mid-90s, yeah, yeah, got I mean, a good breaking ball. And, and for a guy who's on the shorter end, it, it can sort of surprise people that he has such a good arm. I've liked some of what I've seen. If he gets the control in, he could turn into a really dependable midweek starter for Northwestern, kind of fill that Josh Davis role. So I think there's a lot of potential there with Tommy. We'll, we'll see probably early in the season how uh, Spencer Allen decides to use him. No, I agree. When he's been on, he's been on, and that's what got him a starting job. I think uh, like two, there was a two- or three-week stretch in the, in the beginning of conference play, I want to say it was, where he was the Friday guy. Um, and then he, he, he flamed out. He had a couple starts that didn't quite go his way, but he found his place in the bullpen. But I think he could be the guy to fill the, the midweek starts, but I think also it's going to be interesting to see how he's used and how the, even the starting rotation gets fleshed out. Like you said, that Sunday spot or that three spot in these first couple non-conference games, especially these road trips, where the Wildcats really are going into them with not a lot to lose. I mean, they're not expected to come out of there and mow down these teams. They're there to face some good competition on a... I don't know if it can be considered a, high, a big stage, but regardless, it is opportunities for guys to just go out and prove themselves. It's a pretty young team, um, especially in the rotation. Oh, I mean, Hank, it's a very, very young starting rotation. Yeah, you know, any experience that Northwestern has uh, in the pitching staff is pretty much in your relievers. Yeah, and and, and just what I, what I keep thinking about in terms of experience is how lucky this team is to have made it to the Big Ten championship game last year. Because it's one thing to go into this year where your best starting pitcher in Hank Christie is a sophomore, and then it's pretty much all sophomores, um, plus Quinn Lavelle, who's a first-year, Tommy Borton-Yon's a, you know, a senior, but we don't know how he'll be used. But for all of these guys who have pitched in these big tournament games that mattered, potential elimination games to be put in big spots, and this holds true not just for the starters, but for the relievers and, and position players as well, but the fact that this team got those extra games, those extra meaningful games that were so high pressure, especially towards the end, I admit you and I both were there and know how, how big some of those games felt. So even though it's a young team, they have more experience than most Northwestern sophomore on the baseball team would have in the last 50-plus years. Well, it's cool because, like, I mean, it gives these young guys, especially the sophomore class, right, because they had that experience as freshmen. And now they're coming back with, like, look, this Northwestern program, because they know that they have the opportunity to be the face of this program and put it really on the map. I think I think they, they've scratched the surface and shown, look, when we're on point, we, we can do some big things. We can make, you know, a, a miracle run in the tournament. But I think, you know, there is a lot of routes out here. But I think because it is such a young team, that is going to produce a desire to play. It's not, there's going to be a very, a very big lack of complacency. Guys are going to be fighting for starting spots, and competition brings out the best in everyone. If you know your spot's not guaranteed, if you know you're a young guy fighting for that three spot in the rotation, right, to be the midweek guy, you're going to bring your best stuff day in and day out, conference play, non-conference play, Big Ten tournament, whatever. Um, so I think if nothing else, these guys are going to go out and give it their all. I think you're right there, Henry. Uh, let's get into this rotation, kind of talk about these guys. And one thing we should mention just before we start is it's going to be pretty uh, fluid. You know, even we've mentioned some spots are, are open. You know, it could be some of these freshmen we, are, we aren't going to talk about on this podcast, maybe next week, that could get some uh, reps midweek in a start. Uh, could be by the end of the season, you know. Tyler Lass and Danny Katz, maybe guys you, you, who aren't on the radar but have been on this team for a while could also be starting just because they're trusted. We really don't know what's going to happen until this season gets underway. Mm -hmm. So this is our, our best projections 
here of the starters. But I think the safest one to start with is Hank Christie. Uh, pretty much was a workhorse freshman year. Uh, pitched every single weekend and was a model of consistency. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to replicate that just because it was really incredible for a freshman to have that much uh, that much run and not really crack at all. Yeah, Hank Christie, definitely the top end of this rotation. Um, you, you mentioned the word workhorse, which certainly applies to him. I mean, pitch number isn't something that's that's tallied in every Northwestern baseball game, but there were multiple times this season where he went over 100 pitches, including uh, the game against Rutgers in Big Ten play where he went he pitched 103 times in, in seven innings, gave up just five hits, no runs, four strikeouts, no walks. Christie's a guy who's really under control. He's not going to blow by you necessarily, throw in the mid-90s like a Tommy Bordignan, but he doesn't doesn't walk a lot of guys. Last year, 53 strikeouts to just 19 walks. He's really under control, and that's Good impressive. Command. Great command, but the one thing that you see just in general in baseball with guys who have that really good command but won't necessarily blow by you is the long ball. And with Hank Christie this year, the long ball was the major problem for him. 13 home runs he gave up on the season. That was most by far out of all Northwestern pitchers. Josh Davis ranked second, giving up seven home runs. Um, A lot of times that's just a byproduct of pitching style. And Sam, you look at those uh, four multi-home run games. Yeah. uh, That's definitely something he's got to watch out for. Certainly, and and like I was saying, it's it's a product of pitching style sometimes. When you throw a lot of just really good fastballs with good command over the heart of the plate, a lot of them are going to be hit for home runs. And it's really good that Hank was able to put together a good season making up for that fact that he gave up the home runs by not walking a lot of people, not giving up a lot of free bases, and oftentimes getting strikeouts with 53 on the season. So in spite of that, he was able to put together a really complete season as a freshman. As a sophomore, I think he'll take a leap maybe in eliminating a lot of those homers. I think it's encouraging that he got better as the season went on. He finished the regular yeah. season, looking at his, his stats right here, it says he finished the regular season with a 4-0 record and a 154 ERA. I mean, but like you said, he's not a, a super. He's not a power pitcher. He's a guy who thrives on location and switching up his, his pitch speeds. And because I mean, your you know your breaking ball is only going to be as good as the fastball you pair with it, and vice versa, right? Because that's what a guy like Hank Christie relies on is deceiving hitters and putting pitches exactly where he wants them. Now, like you said, the downside is you miss by a little bit. Your fastball isn't ninety something miles an hour. It's mid eighties, right? That is meaty. You get that on a high on a high inside pitch. A lot of guys going to take that over the fence. Um, so I think as he gets his location down even more, but I think uh, he's he's going to progress to that next level and go from good to great. Um, but I think at this point he's got he's got probably the best problem to have because you know if you can have this kind of season as a freshman or have that kind of pitching style as a freshman, put up these kind of numbers, you see guys that have power stuff, but without location, it doesn't matter in college ball, especially not in the Big Ten. If you can't keep guys off the bases, you are not going to retain any sort of starting job. And at the same time, Northwestern is just simply better with Hank Christie on the bump. His last yeah. nine starts of the season, Northwestern was 8-1. and one. This was a team that was under 500 during the regular season. So a number like that really stands out and tells me that something about Hank Christie, maybe we can't pinpoint right now exactly what it is, but something about having him on the bump just makes this team better because they were so, so good down the stretch when Hank got the start. And Sam, you talk about those nine games. He was just going deep into them, which is why it was so helpful. Quality start against Illinois, six and two thirds against Penn State. Michigan State wasn't as deep and only gave up one run. Even in the loss to Purdue, eight innings, one run. Quality start versus Maryland, seven shutout innings versus Rutgers, and then Big Ten tournament wasn't as good. They did win the game against Minnesota, but that was partially it was just a really offensive based tournament. Eleven seven in that game. Yeah, eleven yeah. seven. 
but that's the type of consistency you want because, you know, one thing worth mentioning is that Josh Reynolds is the type of pitching coach that is not afraid to pull the plug on, on a guy early. Uh, they don't want to let their guys throw too many pitches, usually, especially their young guys, but is a big believer in, uh, you know, going to that bullpen early in a game. So to have a guy that can kind of go six or seven innings every time, that would be huge for Northwestern, especially as the season wears on. They can't keep getting through this whole season by getting five innings out of their starters. They need to have some guys that can give you a quality start, and you want a guy that's going to do that more consistently than anyone else, it's probably going to be Hank Christie. Especially as we, you know, as we discuss more on the next podcast, but as we look at who the guys, the relievers are going to be that are going to be the relievers that are fighting for a, a starting spot are going to be the long relief guys. If you have one day a week, like you said, where you know you're not going to have to dig into that bullpen as much, um, your long relief guy doesn't have to go two or three times. I mean, last year we saw with Hoffman, I mean, whenever a game went into extra innings, he became the workhorse out of the bullpen, and eventually he just flamed out. Even guys like Hoffman, who were studs, they were shut down closers, just you have a ceiling, and I think that was sort of a product. I mean, there were some exceptional circumstances, but that part of that was a product of not having guys that were able to go deep enough. Let's talk about another pitcher. We kind of have two more, I think, that are kind of in the next tier of likely starters. It's Josh Levy and Matt Gannon. and we can start with Josh Levy. He did only make two starts last year in 15 appearances, but he, he's kind of a guy that did a lot of a, a lot of long work in the middle of the season. I think he's an interesting candidate here. Uh, maybe Matt Gannon has a little, has obviously more starting experience, but let's look at Josh Levy and kind of what he did last year and maybe starting at, at the point, do you think he will be a starter? I think he will be because, like you said, even though he didn't start too many games, he showed the ability to uh, you know, to piece together these long middle relief innings. And I, I remember, I think it was the Air Force game was his first start. Yeah. I was on the call for that game. That was the... Uh, um, I'm forgetting who... who Those like Connor the, uh, Lynn walk-off. Connor Lynn hit the walk-off yeah. home run. Uh, wow, time flies and you forget a lot of things real quick. Uh, but Josh Levy started that game and he looked really good as a freshman starting a college game for the first time ever against an Air Force team that's really, really good offensively. He put together a great start, six innings of work, gave up just one earned run, one walk, three strikeouts, and four hits against, like I said, a good offensive powerhouse in Air Force. This is a guy who is a lot different as a pitcher than Hank Christie. He'll blow by you, but at the expense of some control. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of walks on the season, 28 walks, 35 strikeouts. Doesn't give up the home runs that Christie does, just four on the season, but also the volume isn't really there with Josh Levy. I think he's someone who should be in the rotation and, and probably will be. I think that's, that's a fair point. He, For him, definitely the control has got to improve, but he, to me, seems like, a, I think, the first candidate you probably want on Sunday. Seems like a guy that's right. I mean, you know, could be said I could have said it, but I feel like, you know, he didn't start that much last year, but you definitely feel you like what he you're gonna get with him, and I think he can he could give you five or six innings, pretty solid. Um, maybe we can talk about Matt Gannon now, the other guy in that class. Matt Gannon, a tall lefty, six six. He's really tall. Really tall. He's Chris dude. Collins should take a look yeah. at this kid. I mean, Big he, dude. Not exactly a hard thrower. Kind of gets by on an eighty four mile an hour fastball and has a big lefty curve. And if he can control that, he can do well. Certainly had his ups and downs his freshman year, but uh, had some performances that made you think this guy could be a, a solid starter. I think he's kind of the guy that has to, to do the most to prove that he still belongs because he, he did have that role last year. But, you know, you're playing, you know, in the, in the, in the lead because of how much experience he had. Yeah, he's kind of deceiving because you see this 6'7", lanky, lefty, come on to the mound and you think he's going to blow by you Randy Johnson style but as you said Amit he's a little more of a deliberate pitcher breaking balls 
his performance in the Big Ten tournament was pretty weak, but uh, he was suffering from an illness from what from what we understand. So and they were kind of out of pitchers by that yeah, time. I don't think they wanted. He was to the use only it. option. Uh, he was a little sick, so he just wasn't himself. I don't think that was really yeah. a Gannon-like performance. We, we I think saw you, some you flashes want to look of at his performance. You pretty much want to look from Central Michigan to Penn State. Kind of that stretch last year is, is what you're kind of going to get from him. Maybe not too many long starts, but pretty under control. Yeah, and I think that and that matters a lot. And I think, like you said, as he he as he learns to control and better locate things like his breaking ball, because I mean, you don't have to have that almost deception could work to his favor. Because I mean, as the height advantage just in baseball mechanically is that you pull down on everything way more. You just get more on it. That works for fastball, but it also works conversely for breaking balls. The more you can yank and the more his mechanics get under control, I think it'll come down to, I mean, the offseason work he puts in, but I think he is sort of a fringe guy. He doesn't give up the long ball or a lot of power or a lot of hard-hit balls at all, but I think it's sort of like Hank, or um, rather um, sort of like Levy, where um, whereas Levy was a little more of a power pitcher, he, Gannon doesn't give as much um, up power-wise. Only three home runs on the year in 41 innings pitched. Um, and did, give, did give up 28 earned runs. Um, but I think, I think you know, 11 starts and 13 appearances. He clearly has the yeah. experience, if nothing else. But, um, I mean, I don't know. You could see this guy in long relief for fighting for that three spot. And the reason why he's important is because he's a lefty. And I don't think Northwestern wants to run out three righty starters. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about Quinn LaBelle in a second. Maybe he's another candidate. But uh, Matt Ginn, if he can, you know, put together a nice season, would be huge for a lefty in the middle of that rotation. I think the thing for him is uh, I want his velocity to get up maybe. You know, I don't know uh, what's a realistic jump in one season, but he was throwing around 83, 84. You'd like to see that on the other side of 85. I don't know if you can realistically get that to 90 with his just he's, he's a lanky dude. But I, I think his fastball, I'd like to see a little more pop on him. And then, you know, that breaking ball, as you said, also, you know, get more bite on that. Uh, he, one thing maybe you notice, Sam, that when you watch Matt Gann is when he pitches to righties, he doesn't really come inside of them a lot. Likes to stay on the yeah. outside half of the plate, doesn't like to give them anything to hit. But when he ever, if he ever does go inside, they usually, you know, get some decent contact on him. Yeah, and we saw that a lot in that Big Ten tournament game. He was going way, way, way outside yeah. and ended up walking a lot of guys. But, yeah, he, he's a little more of a passive pitcher, but he's deliberate. He's smart. Um, and Henry, you're talking about his releasing. I mean, he, he comes at you much more from the side. It, it, it's sort of a funky delivery yeah. when you first watch him, but but he, he really has the potential to be a good pitcher. I mean, he was a freshman last year, and like we talked about with Hank Christie and the growth we expect to see from freshman to sophomore year, I think the same applies with Matt Gannon. You need a lefty in that starting lineup. It gives you such a big advantage just to have one lefty in there. We saw that with Cooper Weatherby last year. Whether it's Quinn Lavelle or Matt Gannon, both of whom are lefties, I'm expecting to see Matt Gannon start the season in the starting role just because I think Spencer Allen and Josh Reynolds are going to like to see a little more experience in there at the beginning of the season. Maybe that won't be the it, case by the end. It's a lot to ask a freshman to it, come it in and totally start. It totally is. I, I mean, mean, Northwestern did it last year. With but Hank, yeah. But Hank was a special pitcher. So uh, we'll see if that's the case with Gannon and Lavelle. We, we can get to Lavelle a little more now. Yeah, let's, let's talk about him. Quinn Lavelle coming in this season is a, is a lefty, and that's going to be big for Northwestern. And you look at kind of what I've got a little bit of his college stuff, at least from Prep Baseball Report. Max fastball 84, uh, curveball 72, and he's got a changeup. So three pitches. Uh, you know, it's tough to have three pitches right when you come in, so he's probably 
one of those breaking balls isn't as good as the other one. But a lefty throws 84. I've heard from from uh, Spencer Allen, kind of from Alex Arrow, uh, talking just to players on the team that Quinn Lavelle, in his the way he pitches, is a lot like a left-handed version of Hank Christie. Now everyone can say that, and of, of course you'd love to have one. But if that's what he's gonna be. You, you, you think you got something good in your we'll hands. We'll take him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll take him. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, called the first of the four fall ball games this year, and Quinn pitched uh, in, in that first game, and he, he was impressive. He, he was certainly impressive. I mean, it was against subpar competition, um, but for his first ever college, I guess this was just an exhibition game, but first ever game at the college level, surrounded by college athletes, he looked really good. The control was there. The composure was there. That's what you want to see because that's one of the most striking things for us about Hank last year was just as a freshman, he already looks so under control. He looks so composed, and I saw flashes of that uh, in Quinn during fall ball. So hopefully that can translate into into spring ball. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it, it, it doesn't obviously translate completely because, like you said, the, the competition was fall ball from these schools that you know, mm-hmm. none of us had ever heard of slash didn't even have statistics pages or any of that fun stuff. But, um, I mean, but... You've seen guys that you know, at a young age they get they get to that. Uh, it's just a matter of stepping on the mound and they just absolutely implode. They just absolutely lose any sort of fundamentals that they had. Um, you got to be mentally tough if yeah. you're a young player and you're going to come in and start because even if you're really really good as a as a first year, some bad stuff's going to happen when you're on the mound uh, yeah. early in the season. You got to figure out a way to respond to it. Yeah, no, with baseball especially, it's a game of bouncing back. It is. is one of the most frustrating games in the world. And if you don't have, like you said, that mental toughness like you were talking about a minute, you're not going to last. Um, and I mean, I can't speak to this guy's mental fortitude, but the fact yeah, that he we went out there and, you know, pitched a solid game when he was asked to, when he was asked to, right, he took care of business. And that, that goes, I think, a, a further, that goes a lot further than people think. Yeah, in high school, uh, Quinn posted 65 strikeouts and in 88 innings. Uh, I mean, you said we talked about him against that competition. This is high school competition, but... Uh, of course, he is good to get here, but that's a good strikeout rate. So mm-hmm. you hope that maybe he can do that. If he is a, you know, in a reliever role, we don't know exactly how they're going to use him. Uh, you know, maybe he's a strikeout guy that, that comes out of the bullpen. Um, I think that that pretty much covers kind of the four we talked about. Maybe four spots. There might be a few others, and I'm sure you know once this podcast gets going in earnest, we'll tell you uh, mm-hmm. what we think about the starters. No, it can be secret. Yeah, nope. <laughs> no secrets here. No secrets here. You're right. Um, let's kind of just uh, end this little thing on uh, what's the projections? How do you guys think the starting lineup will do, starting rotation will do, uh, maybe relative to last year or in general? Just in, ter- in terms of performance? Yeah, in terms of performance. And, you know, yeah. I can, we, let's start with the benchmark. You know, last year, I can't just do just the starters, but you look at Cooper Weatherby, had a 317 ERA, um, Hank Christie, 401, Josh Levy, 495, Matt Gannon, 610. Um, Again, uh, they didn't go. Some of them didn't go as deep as others, but uh, I think the t- the the rotation got better as the year went on last yeah. year, and by the end was pretty reliable. Yeah. I think there's potential for th- for this group to be better than last year's. The loss of Cooper Weatherby is a big deal, just because right now when you look at our projected starting rotation, whether or not we have Quinn Lavelle in there or Matt Gannon in there, it's freshmen and sophomores. So the fact that there are no seniors like we had last year with Josh Davis and Cooper Weatherby is a big deal um, because it's it's great to depend on those guys to set the tone in Cooper's uh, situation to set the tone on Friday night of a you know relatively big Big Ten series. In spite of that, you get growth from guys like Josh Levy, Hank Christie, Matt Gannon, that freshman to sophomore jump 
can potentially be huge. At the same time, you also have potentially, without Hoffner and Hoshite on the offense, you maybe have less run support, so maybe some of those numbers go down a little. It can shake up in a lot of ways. My prediction is going to be a slight uptick in performance just because of the growth I expect to see from last year's freshmen, this year's sophomores. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, I think it is hard, to, hard not to say that you know, they're going to improve on paper a little bit. But I think, um, they're, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they step into more of leadership roles, even as sophomores, right? But this is a much younger team, especially on their, you know, slice of the team, that starting rotation. You know, a sophomore is a leader now, right? It's all relative. But it's because they've seen success, guys can rally behind them. And like you said, Hank Christie has clearly this quality of, oh, guys just play better. The team is just better with him on the mound. I think that speaks to his intangibles. And I think that he's going to be a big leader there. I think you're going to see some disparity start to shrink as far as the ERAs are concerned. I mean, we, uh, on the stat sheet from last year, lowest Sam Lawrence, a 295 ERA, Tommy Bordignon up top with a 928. I think you're going to see that shrink. And I think you're, I think part of that is going to be due to less, less blowouts because of a, a lack of debt. We're like, guys will go deeper is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Guys will go deeper. So you're not going to have one guy thrown in there. Like, all right, let's throw in so-and-so the game's already lost. And if he gets shelled, so what, right? I think there's going to be yeah. less of that. And I think the pitching staff, as, as you guys mentioned, kind of battled through a lot of adversity. You have to give credit to Josh Reynolds, who I think will will give this team the right mental approach uh, to succeed. I mean, it's on them to execute. But um, I think we're kind of in the, we're all in agreement that I, I expect some improvement as a staff overall. Uh, I think they can go deep in games. Uh, and one thing that's been the theme for me on all these podcasts is that Northwestern has to start the season better than they did last year. They did not start on conference the way they wanted to. Uh, and I think it's a, it's going to be a, a good statement for Northwestern, especially their first two weekends, kind of against uh, UNO and and Kansas to to get some quality starts. I mean, again, these aren't the biggest stages, as you said, Henry. It is non-conference baseball, but you know you don't want to kind of start the way they did last year against Arizona, Santa Clara, and Portland. Um, they, I think they could do better, and I think they will. And a lot of it is setting the tone and pitching because a lot of those games they just they just got shelled. Yeah. Middle Tennessee, they gave up eleven runs to. Uh, Lipscomb, they gave up 10 runs to, six runs in a game to Arizona State. Um, I mean, they, they just have to avoid those types of performances. And from a starting rotation yeah. standpoint, having, and we're not going to touch too much on the bullpen, but there is interplay, obviously, between the two units. Having a guy like Sam Lawrence in the bullpen takes a little <laughs> yeah. bit of pressure, a lot of pressure, actually, mm-hmm. off of these starters because he is so darn good. And you know that in a late-game situation, the margin for error obviously is always so small in a game like baseball. But when you have a guy warming up in the bullpen like Sam Lawrence, you can afford a little more leeway, and maybe the margin for error isn't as tight as it would be without Lawrence. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. Thanks a lot, guys. This has been another good episode of Rounding the Bases. Uh, This has been the uh, pitching starters. We'll be back next week with the relievers. Uh, But just stay tuned with us. We're really excited for the start of this year, 16 days away from first pitch of the season. Thank you, Sam Brief. Thank you, Henry Moore. I'm Ed Malik. This has been the Northwestern Baseball Podcast.